0: Hey, I'm Tim Bidermas, and this is NPR's Book of the Day. When we think of the civil rights movement, it's easy to get swept up in the larger-than-life figures and moments that dominate its history. And in a new book aimed at young adults, Willie Mae Brown writes about her childhood in Selma, Alabama, with an eye towards both, like recalling the time she met Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. when he came to her childhood church. But she also focuses on the quieter, more subtle moments of her childhood. Playing jacks with friends, the vernacular and the intimacy it communicated, and growing up under the degradation of Jim Crow segregation. The book is called My Selma, True Stories of a Southern Childhood at the Height of the Civil Rights Movement. And Willie Mae Brown tells Here and Now's Robin Young that her childhood, while full of the horrors of racial segregation, Black Twitter, A People's History, premieres May 9th, streaming on Hulu.
1: When Selma, Alabama was recently torn apart by that tornado, it was hard not to think of another time when it was rent asunder by racism. March 7th, 1965, Bloody Sunday, black nonviolent protesters attempted to cross the Edmund Pettus Bridge to walk to Montgomery to confront racist Governor George Wallace over voting rights. John Lewis and other organizers were beaten by white men deputized for the day by the county sheriff Jim Clark. Two days later, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. led over 2,000 marchers over the bridge and then turned them around, obeying a court order. That became Turnaround Tuesday. Marchers eventually made it to Montgomery and helped pass the 1965 Voting Rights Act. But before that, King made earlier visits to Selma, where for months black residents had been protesting Jim Crow laws that denied them the ballot. Some had been killed. What was it like to be a child in that time? Writer Willie Mae Brown was 12 when King first came to town, came to her church. In her new book for young adults, we see how children looked for guidance in the news on brand new TV sets and in the worried faces of their parents. Her book is My Selma, and Willie Mae
0: Brown joins us now. Welcome. It's my pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Well, you draw so much into this world. Girls playing jacks on the floor, making rings out of those red plastic casings around (laughs) baloney. Remember that? Um, Oh, yes,
0: we did. uh, Describe your Selma. Selma is a beautiful place. I love uh, the scent of Selma and the humming of Selma in the late night, you know, because it was so quiet, it almost felt as if the ground was just talking to us you know it could have been a cricket but it was just wonderful
1: you say uh, not all whites were hateful but white was the pure clean color of hatred this was a town that also had negro doctors negro florists negro owners of candy stores as you write and your dad worked for the railroad
0: yes he did and we had those things in our community because we were not welcome in their communities i mean we did go to grocery store But we always had to go to the back. Yeah.
1: Well, and in this uh, wonderful book, you begin in your adult voice talking to the young readers and saying, I apologize for some of the words I'm going to use. Those were the words that some whites used against uh, what were then called Negro people. You also capture the beauty and the music of The language of the South that you grew up in? Urshers, Ushers, and uh, Churin. People talk about their Churin, children. Mm-hmm. Haints, the ghosts that haunt people, Haints. Can you pick a little part where we can get that sense of the voices that are obviously still in your
0: head? Okay. So this story talks about Reverend Dr. King, and I have had a problem with my mother, and I did not want to go with her to a church to hear a preacher preach. And she was like, no, you're going with me. And thank goodness I did. She started to pray because she thought that Dr. King needed as much prayer as possible. So her prayer was in front of the ushers. She said, I've got to call on you today to tell you about something that's going on. Lord, the devil's gotten loose in Alabama. And he's waging war on the people. The devil's loose in Alabama. Lord, he showed up in the seat of the house of power. He showed up on the police force. He showed up on the roads in Alabama. I want to tell you what you need to do, Lord. I want you to call Gabriel. Tell him to perch the angels on the back roads. Perch them in the trees. Seat them in all the churches. You know what you do, Lord. Help us, protect us, and stand by Martin Luther King because he's going to take us in the right direction. He's going to take us to Montgomery. Be near him, Father. Amen. My mother finished praying, and the Urshas moved on. Ladies had begun to fan themselves when someone had started singing a song, just like a tree that's planted by the water. When suddenly I saw a man in a gray suit behind us pointing in my direction towards the day as he screamed, there he is, there's King!" I turned around to see his people rose up from their seats and started calling his name, clapping, jumping, holding their heads, hugging each other, stomping, dancing, praying, God, Kang, 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 there he is. He was there, right there in front of me. So surreal was his voice, which mesmerized me. And this giant of a man stepping forward to bring justice at any cost to the people, it hypnotized me. I grew limp. Tremble trembled under the sound of his voice. Look, baby, hundy, that's Kang, shouted Mama. There he is. Whoo, ooh, yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Kang, Kang, Kang. I was in front of him, and my mother was there. I heard him say, we have the right to vote. Mama grabbed hold of me and rocked me back and forth as she listened to his words. My head lay on her chest. And I could hear her heart beating fast as her tears fell from her eyes and into my hair. Mm. Willie Mae Brown, reading from her book, My
1: Selma, about the real moment when she saw the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. speak at Brown Chapel, AME Church. Uh, This was in January 1965, very risky on his part. There was a ban against gatherings. Willie Mae, you probably didn't know that there was a ban on these gatherings. People would be killed. What was it like to be a child in this moment? It was a moment that
0: only you could feel. We had the TV. We had the radio on all the time. We knew that there was some sort of disturbance that was dangerous to all of us outside of our home. Our lives went on, but we had that tension. It was always tension in there. At times, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. One day,
1: the black high school closed so teachers could peacefully try to register to vote. Students were going to go with them. Instead, all, including your brother and sister, were rounded up in the school parking lot by Sheriff Clark, bused to a prison. Uh, They were locked up in cells uh, only for being on
0: the street. I know, but we were conditioned Because this was a children's movement. We were on the front line. Our parents could not go out there and do it because they would lose their jobs. And Reverend King told this to my father in one of the stories.
1: This is after your brother and sister were rounded up with all these kids. Your father found Dr. King, and people were astonished that Dr. King spoke to this man, a rail worker. He'd returned home. He'd been out of town
0: laying cross ties. Yes. And someone sent a message and said that Brown, your, your children have been arrested also. And now, to tell my father something like that,
1: mm.
0: he's going to stop what he's doing. He told Dr. King, I, I need to get my, my children out of there. You know, they're just children. Can you help me? And Dr. King said, They're children. And believe it or not, they are loving this. They come out of school, they are protesting and they're going to get over this, and we need to stand behind them. They're okay, and we're going to get them out. And a few days later, they were out. Yeah.
1: Do you feel strengthened by having grown up in Selma? Because you faced your own danger, and I just want to mention a couple of things. You babysat. For a white Mm -hmm. woman and two white men came one day. You know, they set off firecrackers that busted open the water under this um, Trailer. trailer that they lived in. You were locked inside with the children, frightened to death. Another time a man came to your house, he didn't have good intentions for you and your sister. There was danger.
0: There was danger. And the danger was not just by white people. And it wasn't about just lynching people. When there's a war... Everybody is affected by that war. We actually had a war there for for, um, registration and, and equality. Yes, You're not safe, and you can't trust anyone. Like the people who said the king should have gone back to Atlanta and minded his own business. Black people. Yes, because they were afraid. Now, these men that tried to come into the house, they saw someone there that would be by themselves. And I was black, and what would it matter? But being that I had a father the way I had a father and a mother that I had, I was taught a lot of things about people themselves. And that as a black child,
1: you did matter. Uh,
0: I did matter, yeah.
1: How did growing up affect you? Do you think it made it stronger? Did it traumatize you?
0: I am a courageous person. And I've, I've gone through things that have raised me. As Mahalia Jackson says... How did I get over? I got over because we talked a lot. We saw a lot of things go on. And so I knew how to maneuver. We knew that there was trouble out there. Mm-hmm. We knew what was going on in Selma because we were told, keep that radio on. And when something happens, let us know. Mm-hmm. And you can't be going out here and doing anything you want to do. That man on the street has a gun. And he'll use it. It was part of the atmosphere. People disappearing and stuff like that. So I have no fear because Selma taught me a lot. It raised me in the race for justice. When it comes, I want to talk about this. When it comes to the N-word, a lot of people use it as a term of endearment. It is not, it is horror. And when they do that in the presence of other people on the subway or in the streets or in their music, it's a disgraceful thing. Because there were people, that's the last thing they heard.
1: Willie Mae Brown, her book is My Selma, True Stories of a Southern Childhood at the Height of the Civil Rights Movement. Willie Mae, thank you so much. Thank you so
0: much. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional $200. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. When you're carrying around a lot of stress, Therapy is a safe space to get it off your chest. If you're considering therapy, give BetterHelp a try at betterhelp.com/npr to get 10% off your first month. On
1: Wildcard, the new podcast from NPR, you'll hear people like comedian Jenny Slate reflect on their lives. What is something you think about very differently today than you did 10 years ago? Dressing, like not salad dressing. I've always loved it and I'll <laughs> never stop dressing my body. That's all part of the new game show Wildcard, only from NPR. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.